1: It's
2: lovely, isn't it?
3: Yeah. I
0: like it. You
4: like the stories? I
5: do. Well I love the stories. Yeah. It's very in keeping with the
4: surrounding Keepin, countryside, yeah. isn't
6: it? Oh, it, it is, yeah. yeah, it's lovely. It's kind of yeah. very it different is, as well. It is, it is. It, it is, it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. very, very yeah. I think they very nice. Like. We're here now at his gravesite, where he was buried in 1967. And um, it's a very simple layout. Just a lot of flagstones, stones that crossed the stream near his home and the inscription on one of the stones is there were stepping stones across the stream. Part of my life was there, the happiest part. Kavna's funeral made him. People began to realise that this wasn't just Patrick Kavna, the man from Mucker. There was something more to it with uh, the type of people who came that Saturday evening to his burial or to his funeral. Men of all, I suppose, denominations, from uh, actors to solicitors to barristers to uh, DAL deputies at the time and all that, they all came and surprised the people of Inneskeen that this man had such power behind him. He was buried here on that Saturday evening and the man that gave the oration of or the talk for his grave said was James Heaney, the Balahi poet. And he said that um, the likes of Patrick Kavanagh, he said, would never walk the roads of County Monaghan again. That was something very big coming from Seamus Heaney
0: He died in the Marion nursing home which was a very expensive Dublin nursing home He was being cared for there on a daily basis He had a 24 hour nurse around the clock Catherine insisted on that that he would be well looked after and then he had a friend who acted almost like his personal physician, this friend Richard Reardon, Dickie Reardon, who was the best man at his wedding. And he was in and out of the hospital all the time. And, of course, you had the usual hospital staff as well. So he was very, very well looked after in those last days. But he was, at that stage, he had already lost a lung. He'd been drinking heavily. His body was just exhausted.
6: I walk here as a tour guide in the Patrick Cavanagh Centre since 19... 19- 94, actually, since it opened. I take people around all the places that uh, Kavner mentioned in his poetry. The great fear, I suppose you could say, among the people of Inniskine and especially among his family, was when he went to dabble in verse, as he said himself, that he was going to turn out to be another bard. And they didn't want another bard. They had one, and they had enough of them. And there were several others as well. Doing bits and pieces. But uh, Kavner wasn't a bard, you could say. As such, he was a poet.
7: Ladies
8: and, gentlemen,
6: and a damn good one.
7: You're all very welcome. To this uh, once-in-a-lifetime sort of a day. My sincere thanks for being so patient. It was a hectic afternoon from the moment Rosanna arrived to the Phoenix Centre where she did a great sing song and chat with students from the area. But right now, before we speak to Rosanna, I'm going to call on Ruth Cullen with very strong Monaghan connections to open this little impromptu get together with a song called Fields of Gold. So can you give a big card across to Ruth Cullen?
2: Cavanagh, Cavanagh, Cavanagh. A hundred years after the birth of the poet, a country celebrates, and the celebrations begin on the streets of Carrick Macross, South Monaghan. Back in June, Miss World, Rosanna Davison, launched a literary tour. You can tell
3: the just...
6: My name is Father Vincent Connolly, I'm a parish priest here in Carrick Macross, and this is a wonderful day for the town and for Inneskeen and for the whole of South Monaghan. It's a great occasion to have with us today. The, this world opening this particular year of Paddy Capnis centenary year. Paddy, well known around South Mon and well known around Kerry Macross. Paddy himself, a wonderful poet, very spiritual poet, and it's it's. I'm delighted to be here and to experience this wonderful occasion.
7: Right now, we're just going to call Rosanna to unveil the plaque. One of 18. This one has her own name on it, and then there'll be a photograph first with the Cavana Literary Trail, and then with all the public representatives, and then any other photographs that people want. After that, she's been brilliant all day. She's signing autographs, etc., etc. So I'm just now going to call upon Rosanna to come forward and unveil the plaque with the Cavana Literary Trail Committee.
9: Keep it all, Rosanna.
10: Okay, Rosanna.
11: All right, uh, Councillor Joe Quigley, Mayor of Carrick Macross
2: Town Council. Mayor Quigley, what does it mean to you today to be here on the opening of the Patrick Kavanagh Literary Tour? It means a great deal to me to be the, the representative of the
11: people of Carrick Macross and um, you know, to have such a turnout here to honour the, the, the great work of Kavanagh. And, um, you know, the work is all linked with, with areas in the town and it's just a great honour to be here today at this opening. You know, like, Kavanagh was a South Monaghan man from this area and it's some, somebody we were all, you know, have to be very proud of. And, like, Kavanagh spent the vast majority of his youth in this area and, um, you know, like, it comes to the time now where a lot of towns and areas have to get up and defend themselves with tourism and everything. And this is an effort that's been made now to boost the tourism in this area. I think uh, Kavanaugh, like any other man, would be delighted to see uh, Miss Wall, Miss Rosanna Davison here uh, in his honour. I think he would be more than proud, and and to see the turnout of people here today, I think Kavanaugh, no matter what people say, he would be more than happy with this occasion.
3: When I was young, he was, you know, on the buses and everywhere, and... He'd always write about everyone, but he wouldn't mention their names. You know, he'd have a different name for them. And, uh, like, he was very poor, and the shops had closed when they same see him come. They didn't want him. he'd have to walk over to Kelly's of Essex for to get a drink. He was sitting in the hedge reading and writing, and this man was putting up hay in little pikes of hay, and he said, ''You're a card killing yourself.'' He says... Uh, you'll be dead and there won't be a word about you, but when I die, I'll be famous. So that is it. Paddy is famous now, when he's dead. Paddy well, he'd have many friends in Carrington Cross. Oh, he would. He would. He'd come to Carrington across, He would have friends. But people would be trying to move away from him. they know, afraid he'd write something about them, if they were selling a car or selling which was fair to that time or an animal. But all has changed now. If they see me telling this...
7: How's the day gone so far? It's
3: been a great day. Of course, the weather has helped as well. But we've been going from location to location, and there's been so much support from everybody lots of photographs, and it's just been a really memorable occasion. Yeah, it's
7: been a great day. It's also a very exciting occasion for myself. My mother said it's time I settle down and find a wife. <laughs> and, uh, well, say no more. <laughs> uh, you know where I am. I must give you the mobile. <laughs>
2: Despite his centrality as a writer, Cavanagh never inspired the summer schools and literary gatherings that other Irish writers have. This year, that all changed as a National Cavanagh Day and a series of events to commemorate his life were inaugurated.
12: And I'm very delighted to be here in Innisquay, the Pleasant Land, today, to officially open the Raglan Road Festival as part of the Patrick Kavanagh Centenary Celebration. This new festival in Patrick Kavanagh's native parish, of course, will be one of the highlights on the calendar of events marking his centenary year. As a result, local people and people from much further afield will be treated to an impressive lineup of world-class artists. The festival of music, this festival of music, poetry and song, will celebrate the life and work of Patrick Kavanagh in his native Enniskeen, from where he drew much of the inspiration for his work. The Ireland of today is very different from the one into which Patrick Kavanagh was born in 1904. Since his death in 1967 we have witnessed great changes and we are continuing to evolve. Ireland today is fast becoming a pluralist multicultural society, a key player as was revealed very strongly recently, a key player in on the European and global stages. For a relatively small island, Ireland has always been seen as a place with a great cultural tradition. Kavanaugh was trying to do what we all do in our everyday lives, celebrate the good and challenge that which we want to see improved. So finally, all that is left for me to do is to congratulate strongly all of those involved in putting together the inaugural Raglan Road Festival. And now, if you will permit me, I will be delighted to end by giving you a rendition of one of my favorite pieces of Kavanaugh's work. And as a dairyman, I prefer to give it only one way, not by talking to you, but by singing to you. On Raglan Road, on autumn
7: day, I saw first... So we are inaugurating a new Cavanagh Day, which will hopefully become an annual event, taking place on the second Sunday of July each year. At this very moment, groups are assembled around the country to revisit Cavanagh's poetry and prose with a new defection. Sligo, Monaghan, Armagh, Loud, Galway, Clare, Tipperary, Westmead, Waterford, and Dublin are counties with special readings today. Next year I hope to see more counties involved and Waterways Ireland have kindly agreed to support Cavenday readings next year. The best poem to start with today is the lines written on the seat on the Grand Canal. Thank you. Well commemorate me when there is water, canal water preferably, so stilly,
2: greenly at the, heart of the Patrick Kavanagh Centre in the Poets' Native Innist seeks to emphasise the importance of the poet's birthplace in his work, as indeed he did himself. Tour guide and storyteller Jean Carroll at times seems to inhabit the very world the Kavanagh came from.
6: We are now going on a little tour of the Kavanagh country. Places that he mentioned in his poetry round Billy Brennan's barn, Shanko Duff, Rock Savage Kidna Mincha and Mocher I suppose you could say now to get back to reality again or Kavna that we're on the Inneskeen Road the Inniskeen Road where the bicycles went by in twos and threes to the dance in Billy Brennan's barn this is the Inneskeen Road we're on now. If you look ahead of you, there you see where where he mentioned that in his poem, where he quoted Alexander Silkirk, "A road a mile of kingdom, I am king of banks and stones and every bloomin' thing." You just stop down here now. Go slow now.
3: Did he like the land? Did he eventually like the land? The
6: land wasn't for him at all. He wasn't no. interested. But why did he write such a nice poem about it? Well, you see, he loved, he loved the land. Or, I suppose it's poetry and its beauty.
13: Okay, so he didn't like it for the work.
6: He didn't like the work end
8: of it. Okay. This was, this was the little out farm that Kavanaugh bought in 1926 to the amazement of the neighbours. They said Kavanaugh must have got a legacy from America. So those were the Black Hills, he said, that had never seen the sun rising. He said, eternally they look north towards Armagh. Lot's wife would not be sought if she had been incurious as my Black Hills. Yeah. And then you can see, this is the triangular feel. He talks about it in another beautiful poem, Innocence. He said, the laughed at one I loved, the triangular hill that hung under the big fort, that said I was bounded by the white thorn hedges of the little farm and did not know the world, but I knew that love's doorway to life is the same doorway everywhere. So that's it. And the big fort was on the Rock Savage Land. Now, the Rock Savage estate um, was a 300-acre farm owned by the Plunkett Kennys who were off the line of St. Oliver Plunkett. And when Cavanagh was a young fellow, they were elderly, so they were leasing the land to the locals. So Cavanagh's family would have taken a few acres on Conacre as we call it here, as well. So he would have spent an awful lot of time in this area, and this was a beautiful place for someone. Well, I'm the administrator here at the Cavanagh Centre. We cater for the schools as well, as the regular casual visitor. we, because Calvin is on the, the junior and leaving certificate courses, um, we bring a lot of schools come in here and, and do the tour of Cavanagh country and view the exhibition and
1: um, they
8: get to hear Jean's one-man show as well. Where the devil did I put me, Cap?
1: Well, of all the main men that ever was, you're the mainest. i have a holiday morning to be looking for the Cap at 25 minutes past eight.
10: On an apple-ripe September morning, through the mist-chilled fields I went, with a pitchfork on me shoulder, less for use than for divilment. The thrashing... Are you mill- going
1: to Mass at all, or do you mean to be home with them itself?
10: Did any of you see my cap?
1: Anything to be late for Mass. If it wasn't the cap, it'd be something else. The stud or be a button off the coat. Just like your Uncle Petey that never give himself more than five minutes to walk to Mass... I remember him and he'd keep looking at himself and looking at himself in the looking glass till, honest to God, he'd make a body throw off their guts to see Ah,
10: don't be bothering me. Oh,
1: that's your Uncle Pete all over. Nobody could talk to him either. He knew everything. you lick a lick. He'd go and to put a leg in a horse, and the whole country laughing at him. You're the spitting image of him. A right rod near Uncle Pete was, if ever there was one. Never had a happening to his name except a local of old rags and a couple of books.
5: <laughs> Maybe he would leave me the books, whatever. Will
1: you get down to hell with that and go to Mass?
0: He spent a couple of years toing and fro He really wanted to settle in London, but he couldn't afford to live in London. So he came back, really was meant to be briefly to Dublin, to write a potboiler to f- uh, fulfil the obligations over... The, the Green Fool had had a libel case and the publisher said Gavanagh owed him money and he owed him the next book. So Kavanagh came to write, uh, write that book and discharge his obligation, write anything just to discharge his obligation. But he was caught by the war. He moved into Dublin in August to write that book, and in September the war broke out. And foot to me he became a Dublin writer, which I think was one of the best things that could have happened to him. Because if he had stayed in London... He'd have been, I think, even somebody as independent as him, I think he might have been a bit overwhelmed by the London scene and that he might have felt he had to pander to it somewhat. In
6: 1930, he decided he'd go to Dublin. He in one day to his dinner and he said to the mother as he sat down to the dinner, thinking of going on a bit of a journey, Musha, she said to where? That was a great word of Musha. As far as Dublin, he said. Good God, she said. What will you think of next? It'd fit you better if you cleaned the drain down at the bottom of the yard and not of it flooding us out in the winter time. I don't give a damn, he said, if the water in the drain rises as high as the flood that floated no over or at, I'm going to Dublin. And she saw that his mind was made up. And she gave him all the money that was in the house at the time. Three shillings and fourpence pence of old money. Of the old money. You know what that would be now. And he started off for Dublin walking.
2: But where would any year of commemoration be without controversy? And the life, death and legacy of Patrick Kavanaugh have been surrounded by controversy.
0: But the third factor I have to say is they, uh, that Kavanaugh's work is not being distributed properly in the States. In far as it has been distributed in the States, it's been distributed from um, uh, Peter Kavanaugh's hand press. And there's a, a problem a, a, about uh, distributing the poetry in particular, which is the work of Kavanaugh we would mainly like to be distributing, because Peter Kavanaugh is claiming copyright in 20 of Calvinist poems, and they happen to be uh, include some of his best poems, and you simply cannot publish a collected or a selected poem even without uh, these poems. So although we have the centenary edition of uh, collected poems being published this October, it will not be distributed in the United States.
4: And a very good relationship. Uh, in fact, Peter has invited them to uh... His talk, which is taking place in Trinity College on the twenty-second of July, and he's invited all the members in the centre to go to that. So hopefully we we're, we're all going, of course, and we'll meet Peter there, and it'll be. I'm looking forward to that because I'm sure he's a controversial character, and we we never know what he might come up with. But however, have to go and listen.
14: I speak only for Patrick Kavanagh. I am his ghost here tonight. And that he believed in the divinity so that what he hoped to get was a flash of that beatific vision, that something, something called a supernatural grace. That is what he sought for. What In poetry, the words are the least important part of it. That's a, 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 words have virtually nothing to do with it. The words of poetry, if it's a poem, the words burn up and you long, no longer see the words, but you get this a tremendous uh, thrill of something unusual and that is what, where I stand and really so that if I say that there is no poet in Ireland today it is because it's based on that situation and indeed Patrick said many times that he wouldn't object if they said he wasn't a poet at all but all these versifiers they're all poets according to themselves but not according to my uh, th- my standard how is that? I would like to discuss a very important situation which affects every person in this audience. In 1967, shortly after Patrick's death, I left my university professorship, including pension and other benefits, to devote my life to a moral obligation. Between 1967 and 1980, I collected, revised, edited, and published what has come to be be the canon of Patrick Kavanagh's work. Seven months before Patrick died, he married Catherine Maloney, who never demonstrated to me any interest in the publication of Patrick's work. Indeed, There were no works, just a stack of papers with no continuity, no form, that is how Patrick operated and that is what he left me, a heap. Using an ordinary steam iron, it took me the best parts of a year to smooth the pages and scraps so they could be arranged, collated, edited.
6: You can just pull into the left here at the gateway. You'll be okay there, I'd say. I'll do lovely. Okay. Now, here we are now. That's Cavanagh's homestead, as you see it today. Now, that's not the house that Paddy Cavanagh was born in. No. Paddy Cavanagh was born in a small, two-roomed, thatched cottage.
2: Mm-hmm. The property of his grandmother, Nancy Callan. I'm sitting here next to uh, the niece of Patrick Cavanagh. Caelan, how does it feel for you to be in Enniskine in this, this centenary year?
9: My family uh, and I got a bit of a laugh driving down off the main uh, Dundalk Road to this big weekend, and they didn't even have a sandwich board out to say, turn here. Um, and the first sign of it was right smack in the middle of the village. So I don't exactly know what kind of celebration they're having, but it's certainly not well publicized. Um, and I stay out of the village if I can um, for, for many reasons, uh, probably the same reasons that my uncle got out, and my father got out, um, because the, the the village is not a particularly friendly place for Kavanaughs, unfortunately. So I stay here in the back garden of the Kamaskis, my dear friends, and I stay out in my own yard, and that's about as far as I go, as far as Inneskeen and the Centenary. And we just took a nice hour-long walk down, is it the Bog Road? I guess it's the Bog Road, is it? Yeah, Kenny's, Ken- or? Ken- yeah, yeah. So Bog I road. take private walks around, but I try and stay out of Enniskane. I love the hills, I love the fields, and um, I love that house down there. And we enjoy our friends here, the, the Kamaskis, um and it would, be, it would be a sad place and a cold place to come if you didn't have your friends here. So I'm really more attached to my friends than I am to the area. So I suppose if we relocated this whole gig to the south of France, I'd be going there instead of coming here. Um, so it's it's my friends that bring me back, really, not any attachment to the, the Kavanaugh legacy.
2: Um, do you have a certain responsibility being the niece of such a great poet? Uh,
9: I would say the answer to that is no. I actually have no literary background at all. I'm just a lawyer, um, and I've read very little about it. Uh, I defend my father and his rights, and we've fought... You, we continue to fight a very heavy battle, and to that extent I'm involved. But as far as being involved in the literary side of it, no. I'm, I'm the legal side. I'm the business side of it. But as long as the people who um, have been enemies of my father are allowed to continue doing what they're doing, you are only going to get the minimal information on Patrick that you now have. And I'm shocked that any of you are shocked that you didn't know this, because clearly you walk into a bookstore, you can't get any of my father's books. So so the surprise to me is incomprehensible.
13: Mm-hmm.
9: Nobody's been looking, obviously. I stepped into the center for the first time last night to listen to a performance by um, two fellows whose names <laughs> escape me at the moment. And I had gone down because... Um, Friends of mine had said that there's a new group in town and that they're enthusiastic for my father and that they want to be friendly. And I had to uh, get out of the performance because a half an hour into it, they started to insult my father most egregiously, um, claiming that he was a money grabber and uh, that um, I think there was... There's some discussion about the um, manuscripts going to UCD and that my father, um, you know, basically got $100,000 for it and loves the smell of money and so on and so forth, which was quite unbelievable for a group that's supposed to be enthusiastic about my father to say this. And these fellows knew I was in the audience. So um, they couldn't resist the urge to insult me. And I got up and walked in the obligation of those people who want to discover this poet and want to learn from the source, which is my father, not the trustees, not the widow. I have my own life to live in New York. My father has his own life to live. He's 89 years old. He's not going to engage in any more of this nonsense. We've had it. And if there are people who are truly interested here in Ireland, which I certainly have not seen other than in Trinity College, was for the first time I've ever seen any interest um, on, on the part of my father, um, in my father and in his work, then come forward and do something about it. But we're not. We're finished. We're not doing it. We have our own lives in New York. My understanding is that a court order has been issued, and I think it was on, on a default judgment, um, uh, ordering that all rights in Patrick's work rest in the trustees of the estate of the widow and that's the end of it.
5: Catherine uh, made a will and she was very anxious that the uh, money from Cavanagh's works uh, should not go to her family but should benefit Irish poets in general and she uh, left her money for for that purpose and we have made a number of awards to Irish poets. Um, There was a problem about the copyright in that uh, Dr. Peter Kavanagh was uh, apparently claiming to own the copyright in some of Kavanagh's works. Uh, and this was rather mysterious. We never understood on what basis he was making this claim. But uh, as his widow, Catherine inherited his estate, and the only thing that was in his estate, the only thing he owned, was the rights to his work. I suppose I should say about the copyright also that we were concerned not just to uh, vindicate our claim to, uh, as Catherine's uh, trustees, to uh, owning the copyright, but also to the quality of the uh, what was published. We were very anxious that
0: what was published should be the same as what Kavanagh wrote. She was uh, very, very good to him and very fond of him. Um, and she was the only woman he ever lived with, uh, of you know all the women he had had various friendships and relationships with over the years. So uh, I think that it, in the end, partly I think that he was just on. He stayed a bachelor as long as he could, you know, but he was just unable to look after himself. And Catherine was happy to look after him. She was really magnanimous and was willing to take him as he was with all his, his faults and his drunkenness and so on and care, she really, really cared for him. Now, some people would say he wasn't an alcoholic. I think that's very, very hard to deny. He was, shall we say, drinking very heavily indeed and that had begun back in 1955, just before the operation, he, when he was in pain and that he began drinking at that point and he was, quite, he was really an alcoholic by the 1960s.
2: The, when Catherine then died she was taken up to in a scheme to be buried there were objections because the family felt she wasn't close
0: enough to Patrick that wasn't and there was only one member of the family who felt that uh, and that was the brother Peter uh, Catherine's in according to Catherine's will she was she wished to be buried with her husband which is a normal Irish practice but uh, a cable arrived from Peter in the in the United States uh, saying that she wasn't to be put in the grave. The local people were uh, so afraid of getting involved in family disputes that they dug a grave beside the local grave. And it was in fact um, Mary Kavanagh, uh, Patrick's sister, surviving sister, who said, that is my grave, that is not Patrick's grave. And uh, the solicitor was there, John Jay, and he took out the will and said she's supposed to be buried with her husband. So we, everybody had to adjourn to the village hall for three hours while the grave was dug.
2: And she was buried then? And she my... was
0: buried then with her husband. The grave is not marked, and that's another story.
2: Why is the grave not
0: marked? Peter came back and discovered that despite his cable and wishes to the country, Catherine had been married, buried with Patrick. He had... Uh, placed stepping stones and a cross on the original grave. So he came and took away the stepping stones on the cross and set up an alternative grave, minus the corpse, in the garden of the family home. And the grave lay unmarked for several years, and eventually uh, Catherine's sister, um, Helen Maloney, who is a stained-glass artist, commissioned a sculptor friend of hers to make a headstone, which he did. And then... Some summers ago, while Peter Cavanagh was holidaying in, um, in a skein, the gravestone was smashed into small pieces with a sledgehammer. Patrick married Catherine without ever telling Peter he was getting married. And he, he kept Peter in complete ignorance of Catherine's existence. He actually wrote letters to Peter from Catherine's flat in London, giving the address but not indicating. Uh, that this was his uh, woman partner.
2: Kavanaugh yearned to escape from Inneskeen. He famously walked to Dublin to launch his career as a writer. In Dublin, he didn't altogether fit in. An obvious countryman, a little gauche, not quite the literary figure. But what matters for any writer beyond how they're regarded as a writer? And in Inneskeen, Kavanagh's fellow writers met and commemorated him.
4: Well, I think we appropriately fear our great writers. You're to be a great writer, as as Kavanaugh was. You step outside the collective, you you break all the rules, um, you mention topics that are unmentionable. Um, we, the Irish, like many as a tribe, uh, are terrified of um, the great writer.
10: There's something interesting happening in Ireland, as you know, as you know, the Catholic Church or the Irish Catholic Church, which one should nearly distinguish from the Roman Catholic Church, uh, because it's a local branch with a uh, with which had um, an extraordinary kind of nationalistic aspect, uh, but its beginning it had, it has weakened under scandal, and it seems to be disappearing to some extent, almost, almost like snow off a rope, and into this into this crevasse, into this into this sudden void, uh, you good writers are being elevated in, into the place of saints. So you got Saint Joyce, you could Saint James Joyce, um, who, was, uh, who was the king of Dublin, actually crowned, and then uh, you've Beckett also, and it's easy to make Saint Samuel, and I think, think Kavna is coming up as another saint. This kind of process of canonization which is happening t- to the writers who, uh, when was when you think of John Charles McQuaid and his power over the country and his strange friendship, of course, with Kavanaugh. But now who cares about John Charles, whereas they're concerned about Patrick, to whom they're looking for spirituality, which, of course, John Charles was supposed to give us. I know a lot of writers um, who have
4: damn old time for the other world. One of them, indeed, uh, has the name James Joyce. He was on record as saying the only esprit that interests me is l'esprit de And when I read him, I find that to be true and uh, I'm disappointed. And that it seems to me is why Kavna, when I heard him speaking in the um, fabled uh, series of lectures in UCD in the year 1954, uh, said in response to a question, Ulysses! That compendium of commonplaces. Uh, the Joyce industry is um, a 20th century phenomenon that doesn't interest me particularly. But Carisbee Gas interests me and Antenatal Dream interests me. And uh, that Kavanagh note is inspirational and abiding. Kavanagh's hour will come there's no
13: doubt at all about that <laughs> absolutely deteriorating rapidly for me it's I'm a native of Inneskeen and um, I'm working with the Kavanaugh Centre I think it's brilliant that we take Kavanaugh home Kavna was sort of rejected when he was living in Inneskeen and now it's our chance to bring him home and commemorate him where he should really be commemorated on the banks of the fame
2: how important is Kavanaugh to the people of Inneskeen?
13: it's a new generation that are looking at a space and time that has been captured completely by Kavanagh, rural Ireland, the rural peasant farmer, um, the existence, the poor existence that he lived in, and it's been appreciated now is that you know the rapid pace of life and things are going so fast that people can actually connect back and capture that, and I think nobody has captured it better in Ireland than Patrick Kavanagh. It's amazing if you do the Kavanagh trail around, you will the fields that he that inspired his particular poetry are still intact. You know, Billy Brennan's barn is still there. The church that inspired much of his work and and his the hassle he lived with, with his faith and, and his religion at the time, is hosts the Kavanagh Centre at the moment. So. It's relatively unchanged, apart from extra houses and telegraph wires, telegram wires and all the rest of it. that's it. Mobile phones. Mobile phones. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, it's relatively unchanged and people can still capture the whole essence of what, like, I mean, Cassidy's Hanging Hill. Kavanagh didn't write fici- fiction. Kavanagh wrote what he saw and it's still here to be seen today and it's a, a jewel in the crown of the northeast. If you th- think
2: if Kavanagh came back then as king today, what would he make of the place?
13: No, I hope he'd play pitch and putt. <laughs> <laughs>
9: Well, I mean, you have to start with making sure that his, his poetry is read in, in schools at, by young people um, who will become enthusiasts and will grow up and will say, oh, I love Patrick Kavanaugh, and people will get together and study him and talk about him. I mean, that's really what it's all about. It's about the people, not about these intellectuals um, who, who are trying to make a business out of it. It's it's about, isn't it about the, the spirituality and, and what does the poetry bring to you, the individual? What does it mean to you when you're reading through the verse?
5: Well, of course, Kavanaugh is remembered. It's extraordinary how many people uh, know his poetry and want to uh, talk about it and uh, feel a kind of ownership of Kavanaugh's poetry in a way that I think a lot of other Irish poets, just, they just don't have that kind of relationship with their readers. We have managed to uh, nail quite a number of translations, and that's uh, good. There's been a Greek translation of the Great Hunger. There's a French, Tarry Flynn, and uh, I think an Argentine, Tarry tarry Flynn, which, of course, will circulate in all the Spanish-speaking countries. I hope he'd be pleased with how he's being remembered. I think he found Dublin very glossy and flashy, even in the 30s and 40s fifties, It may look very small and parochial looking back now. Um, but I also think there's some of Kavanaugh's Dublin left down by the Grand Canal and I think it would be nice for him to know that those things are still there.
14: I have lived in important places, times when great events were decided.
5: Who owned
14: that half a root of rock and no man's land surrounded by our pitchfork armed claims? I heard the duffy shouting, damn your soul, and old McCabe stripped to the waist seam, stepped the plot-defying blue cast eel. Here is the march along these iron stones. That was the year of the Munich bother, which was most important. I inclined to lose my faith in Ballyrush and Gorchen, till Homer's ghost came whispering to my mind, He said, I made the Iliad from such a
5: local row. Gods make their own importance.